Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beeby-dow! Start button. Three, two, one. And Uh we're here! (laughs) And we're here. (laughs) Yeah. You know oh what? man, it's been it's been a while. It has it's been, been a long time. I think it's been like almost a month since we did the last episode, which was the review of Pup's latest album. Yes, um, but we're oh, back. Yeah, well, that was the last episode we did, huh? I know it's it's been a, like a. I was gonna say it's been a New York minute, but it's been like a New York year. It's been like a New York year, man. Yeah, but we've we've got the ball rolling, and we're gonna have episodes coming at you regularly. So. Sorry. That's the plan, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, this is episode 125 of American Brews and Tunes. My name is Stephen Sweet. Johnston. My name is Jesse Titus. I'm fairly certain we said what this episode was going to be on the last episode, but I also do not we remember did. at all. I remember. I remember. Okay. We did. Okay. Cool. 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 But we can also do like a quick recap. Yeah, for those of you who didn't listen to that episode, yeah. Um, And in case you didn't look at the title. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some people don't. And I don't blame you. What's it going to (laughs) be? I'd actually, I've never done that, but maybe for like the next podcast that I do subscribe to, maybe I'll just listen to them and not read the title. Just like a a surprise Mm. to myself, you know? A little experiment. Yeah. It's uh-huh. I always I always see that on uh, or I guess I hear that on uh, a podcast I listen to called Blink One Fifty Five, and they'll have guests oh, yeah. from time yep. to time, and they'll be like, "Ooh, we have a surprise guest!" Even but it says the the, the guest in the title, so it's not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not a surprise then. Yeah, but for those of you who haven't read the title, this is our question and answer episode, a little Q and A, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, so we, yeah, uh, put we thought out, this would be fun to do. Yeah, we put out a little Instagram post um, a couple weeks ago just saying, let us know your questions. And we had uh, a few replies, and we're here to A those cues. We're, we're here to A those cues. Absolutely. If, there's, if Ab- there are questions absolutely. that need answering, we will answer those questions. Yeah, and if for some reason you listen to this episode and you think, man, I should have asked a question. Just go ahead and ask us. We'll answer in one form or another. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, but before we get into all those lovely Q's and A's, um, we got to talk about uh, some beer here. Yeah, we absolutely do. I'm a uh, man. Whenever we bought this one like two months ago, <laughs> I was really excited to try it. Same here. And I'm still excited. So am I. Um, it's from a brewery that I believe we actually have tasted one of their beers on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a local Nashville brewery called Barrique Brewing. Yes, Barrique. Yeah. Similar to Baroque, but it's Barrique. Yes. Um, and they, their main focus was cellaring and aging typically sours and fruited beers. Yep. Uh, but they moved into a larger space in Nashville um, into where Lil Harpeth used to be, for those of you who may know. Um, and in expanding their space, they allowed... Uh, themselves to branch out in different styles and they've been brewing a lot of lagers mm-hmm. and, and other things other than the fruited beers and the sour beers. Um, so it's, it's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, and this one kind of falls in that lager category. 
Oh, a hundred percent. It's not exactly the same. Uh, this beer that we're trying from Barrique is called the Taverner, and it is an English mild ale, which I I've been really into like the lighter, more mild beers, mm-hmm. like lagers and whatnot. So I'm pretty excited to try this. And I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I believe this falls into the category of like English pub ales. Like they have the mild ales, they have the um, the bitters and the extra special bitters. Yeah. I think those are all in the same category, but of different degrees of um, hoppiness, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but either way, this one clocks in at a whopping 3.2 ABV, which I think Ooh, is the they, lowest man, ABV. Man, they can sell this in Minnesota podcast. in grocery stores. <laughs> yeah, this is the lowest, I think. And uh, for, those, for those who are not in Tennessee or in normal places i guess if you're in pennsylvania you kind of have weird laws there too but not we're not um, limited by avv as, as strict as minnesota or utah i know yeah. they're crazy about it yeah in minnesota there's like a law that for some reason in grocery stores they're allowed to sell beer but it has to be 3.2 percent or below yeah. the only for reason, some reason that is a law oh and you can't also can't buy beer on sundays I mean, they're old blue laws, what they they call them. Yes. Uh, but in, in uh, the movie SLC Punk, they they have to drive to yeah. Oh boy, what state? They have to drive to the their neighboring state to buy beer because in Utah they Nevada. can't buy anything above three point. It's got to be Nevada. My geography is so bad. I'm just going to assume you're correct. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. But the the narrator, um, it's like he's like in Utah. They only let us buy 3.2%, which doesn't solve the problem of alcoholism. It just makes people fat because they have to drink more to, to get the same results. <laughs> um, which is it's kind of funny, but I guess all the Mormon laws. Um, yeah, yeah. This has an IBU level of 25, which is pretty low considering. Yeah, but at an I ABV, thought it would be lower, though. Yeah, and at an ABV of 3.2, I thought it would be lower, too. So maybe the hops will shine through. Yeah. Um, I have up here the the description from Untapped, um, if you'll indulge me for a minute. I will. Indulge away. All right, so (laughs) it says, Nice light, English mild brewed using a hard British water profile. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, 100% Golden Promise Malt, East Kent Goldings, and... Styrian Dragon Hops. Oh, that's a crazy name for a hop. Styrian Dragon Hops. I like it, though. Maybe it was like inspired by Game of Thrones or something. Maybe. Um, Fermented in our custom Burton Union for expressive fruity yeast esters, complemented with a delicate dry hop aroma of EKG hops. And then (laughs) the next word is a great word. Quaffable. Quaffable. What is this? Harry Wait, what Potter? does quaffable mean? I have no idea, but all I think is the quaffle from Harry Potter. Wait, quaffable. Quaffable. Look that I'm up. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna need to look that up. Look that I'm up curious. as I as I finish this uh, description. Okay. Quaffable and refreshing ale, reminiscent of an afternoon spent in a proper English tavern, cask and can conditioned. So as Jesse continues to look that up, oh. I do want to note one little thing on the can. Um, they okay. do write this. They say, all of our beers are brewed, oh, fermented, yeah. or conditioned in oak barrels. We use traditional techniques and authentic ingredients when crafting all our beer. This pub ale was fermented in stainless steel and naturally can conditioned. 
So I think it's they're pretty serious about making their things quality and, and going with traditional uh, methods for what they do. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that is pretty cool that they do that. And I know that I know that we uh, the company I work for distributes them and I know that a lot of the sales reps um, really, really like what Barique does. So I'm very excited to try that try this beer. Yeah. Uh, but before that, I did figure out what quaffable means. What is it? Um, uh, Merriam-Webster Jesse? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, of a beverage, it means easy and enjoyable to drink. Oh. Um, and <laughs> under the, so on Google, there's always a people also ask section. And this one of the, the first one is, is quaffable a real word? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, maybe. Yeah, it is. It's just like easy and pleasant to drink is basically what it means. Here's how I would use quaffable in a sentence. Okay. Dude, that milk was totally quaffable after eating a tray of brownies. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, dude, you've got to be effing kidding me. There's no way that milk is quaffable right now. (laughs) After a full thing of brownies? Totally. Are you kidding me? I would be like so could like bloated and like i wouldn't want to drink milk after eating an entire tray of brownies well that's particular to your uh oh well i wouldn't drink your milk condition anyway. with with dairy <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> very much so oh man oh, anyways man. let's crack this and pour it shall we anyway yeah we definitely shall yeah it's in, a, it's in a can as you'll hear right yeah. here Nice. Oh, yeah. But um, if you're ever shopping in Nashville, you'll notice a lot of their other beers, like the sours and the fruited stuff, come in, um, I think it's maybe a pint-sized bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. And they always have... The 750? Yeah, they I always have the uh, um, the cork on top instead of a, a, a cap. Yes. Um, the first thing I'm noticing after I pour it is the color of it. It's like kind of like a nice, like... Like a... Almost like yellow, like yellow straw color. Yeah, it's um, not like the most see-through. It's actually a little, it's a little bit hazier than I expected, but it's not hazy by any stretch of the imagination. Right, Um, right. it's just not fully transparent, like like a Bud Light or something. Yeah, Um, but it's a nice color. Head, the head is really like there's a lot of bubbles in the head. I poured mine gently, and I got a nice amount. Yeah. Yeah, it's staying um, there. It has a pretty mild um, aroma on the nose. It's kind of, I actually think yeah. I smell just a, kind of malts, like that mal- malty sweetness. Yes, I smell the exact same thing. Yeah. It smells I mean, really good. It, it smells, smells good. light. It smells, it smells quaffable to me. Oh, it smells totes quaffable, bro. Um, so quaffable. Let's, let's say we quaff this down and uh, give it a try. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, as we always to say. To quaffing. <laughs> to quaffing. As we always say at American <laughs> Bruce and Tunes. Down the quaff. <laughs> Down the quaff of latch. Oh my gosh. I, gotta, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Okay, while you try to catch your breath, I'll describe oh. what I just tasted. Right, I'm catching my breath. I gotta take a sip now. Oh man, quaff. that's quaffable. <laughs> Alright, I'm going for my first sip right now. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, so initially I get like, that's actually really nice. Mm. It's very light. It's, oh, uh, it's, but nothing, is, it's nothing like the Bud Light, which I er- compared it to earlier. 
Oh yeah, no, it's nothing like a Bud Light. It actually has like a depth of flavor to it, yeah, which is really nice. I'd say closer to, um, like, not necessarily the flavor profile, but the bitterness that you get from a Pilsner, because it's not like a, mm. it's not a um, IPA bitter, um, but it's like a, a Pilsner bitter. Yeah, but I think um, it's it's a little sweeter than you'd get on a traditional Pilsner. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the like the the grain character really comes through. Mm. Like uh, it's almost I wouldn't call it bready, or at least not American bready. No, because like no. American beers would be like if I were to describe a bready beer to a, an American, I feel like it would be like an amber, uh, like like a dark yeah, like amber. Bre- like bready here is like sweet, and this definitely isn't like super sweet. Yeah, um, but this, I guess like biscuity. If, if you're, biscuity. if I was thinking like a biscuity or bready beer. Like in this area, I think of the um, the fat tire from New Belgium. Okay, like that kind of beer, like the bready, or even like a, I don't know, Sam Adams is kind of bready. Hmm. Yeah, but overall, though, I think the flavor is pretty amazing. Yeah, this would go. Uh, they they were talking about the British hard water or whatever the heck that was in that description. This would go lovely with a game of the footy on a the game telly. Of the footy. <laughs> On the telly. <laughs> I would support my local footy team. <laughs> I would be, oh I would go, I'm going out for a concert. I guess I'll be a punter at the show. <laughs> Lovely day. You will be a punter at the show. I forgot that they used that word to describe a uh, person in a crowd. It's weird, isn't it? A punter. I think of a punter as the guy who kicks the the real football. <laughs> yeah, the American, the American football. The real football. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> Get out of here with your round football. Pfft. Spherical. You mean the, the ball you not. actually cook with your kick with your foot? <laughs> yeah, boring. Yeah, so false. <laughs> Anyways, um, as we always do on American Brews and Tunes, if the flavor changes as it warms up, we'll let you know. Um, with Lagers and these kind of beers, I don't think they typically change. We usually get that more in in some of the um, the bigger beers, like the the ones that are a little bit boozier. Um, they tend to kind of present themselves yeah. as they warm up. Um, but if that changes, we'll let you know. You know, mm. man, I just took another sip. That is just fantastic. It's solid. It's really solid. I, I like that bitterness. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's palatable. Like it's it's still it definitely still is kind of bitter. Yeah, but it's not it's not overwhelmingly bitter. Yeah, yeah, it's it's no um, ruin ten or palate wrecker or arrogant bastard or anything like that. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's easy drinking. It's quaffable. It's very quaffable. I agree with that description. Um, With that, shall we get into some questions? Let's go. Let's get into some cues. I'm going to go with our um, standalone questions before we jump into the Matt Reynolds episode. Okay, (laughs) sounds good. Um, The first question, and I'm. Not biased, but I am biased. Comes from uh, wife of the podcast, Becca. Okay. <laughs> um, she asked, "What are your thoughts on Taylor Swift re-recording her albums?" Oh, and I, I um, think this is a great question, actually. Yeah, it is because like that's a pretty huge thing for her. Yeah. For the um, let me give a quick background for those of you who don't okay. know. Um, she had yeah, signed yeah, a yeah. record deal with I believe it's Big Machine Records whenever she was starting out. Um, with the understanding that she would have the opportunity to purchase back her masters later on down the road. For those of you who don't know, the masters is essentially like the physical recording so that like 
if you want to re-release something, if you want to like license it for syncing, if you want to put it on a TV show or something, you're in complete control. Um, typically, yeah. when you sign a record deal, you sign over the rights to the masters to the label, which is what she did, um, with the understanding that she could purchase them back. Later down the road, yeah. um, a producer named Scooter Braun, who I guess she had a, a, a very sour relationship with, purchased the the um, masters uh, without her knowledge. Um, and so she lost that opportunity. So what she's doing is she's re-recording her back catalog one album at a time to kind of regain that control of her music so that she can um, do with it what she she pleases. Um, I think, yeah. for one, it's awesome. It kind of gives the artist control, and I think more people should do it. But my only thing, if I'm going to go, like, why it's not feasible is because she's like she's the top of the tier as far as, like, popularity, um, mm-hmm. financial stability, um, name recognition, whatever you will. So if she does this, her fans are going to buy it, and she's going to be okay, right? Yeah. So are you, are you saying that, like, a, a different band that's – less successful probably wouldn't be able to do that yeah i that's exactly what i'm saying that's exactly Mm -hmm. what i'm saying um real big fish did the same thing um they were in a i believe it was with jive records uh they were in an agreement with them and they went to re-record for their greatest hits and it just wasn't the same they didn't because they they, they like production wise Yes, production-wise, because they, they, they had to pay for everything themselves. They didn't have a label paying oh, anymore, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you could tell, mm. you know? Yeah, you could tell. You could tell. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so what I think about this is I'm, I'm really happy for her. Like, yeah, get, I think I, that's, get uh, that control back. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Like, the fact that she's able to do that now. She's Because, like, those... I mean, she was the original songwriter. Sure, like, there might have been co-writers and whatnot, but... Yeah. Like she was the driving force behind all those albums. Absolutely. And like the reason why they became so popular. So yeah. I'm really, really glad that she's able to re-record them and re-release them and kind of make them her own again. So I think that's fantastic. Agreed. And I guess that's go, that for go, that question. Go T-Swizzy. Go, go T-Swizzy. Um, moving on to the next question, which comes from Heidi Pavlikowski. Hmm. <laughs> Howdy, Heidi. Heidi Pavlikowski. Howdy, Heidi. Um, she says... <laughs> Why have you only reviewed the first Harry Styles album? I know. I think we I think we forgot to review the second one. I'm pretty sure that she had told us to review that the second uh, Harry Styles album a while ago. Well, hi. And we'll get to it eventually because Watermelon Sugar. Hi. <laughs> yeah, we definitely. Uh, it's it's on the agenda. Put that one. On the, it is on the it is on the agenda. Because I actually thought I would hate that first album, and it's. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was actually really I mean, good. I mean, yeah, like he's a he's a good uh, good songwriter as well. Yeah. Um, next question we got was from Christian Coleman, and Christian it's Coleman. actually it's actually not at all a question. He said, "Hi, Steve. Hi, Jesse." <laughs> okay. Hey, Christian. How you doing? Hi, Christian. I hope we you're doing you. well. Yeah, I miss you, man. All right. The I next, don't know. <laughs> the next and last question we got from Instagram was okay. from Mallory. Oh, it's Mallory. She said, can you do your Scooby-Doo impressions for your followers? <laughs> All right. Um, I'll let I've you go done first, Jesse. impression. raggy <laughs> Pretty decent for going in dry. Yeah. Pretty good. Go All for right. it, Steve. <clears throat> Got to clear the throat. Ramberry <clears throat> raggy <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good, too. Nice. Well, it's been a while since I've done that. 
It has been the little bit of backstory that we used to do. No that backstory. In <laughs> nope, All no, no context. No context. That was pretty much it. Just let it slide. <laughs> yep, we just let it slide. <laughs> but we did used to do that all the time. Yeah, and we were better before, but actually not bad for for a. Yeah, I feel like that was okay. Practice. Yeah. Well, there you go, everybody. Thanks for the question, Mallory, or not question. I guess more of a request. Oh, it was a question. It was a question. A request. request. Yeah. And now we are turning our attention to Matthew Reynolds, who submitted <laughs> Matt Reynolds. two and a half pages full of questions. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't Appreciate know, you, man. Uh, he went to, I went to high school with Matt. Uh, been good buddies ever since. Uh, he is a, uh, a listener of the show. Hi, Matt. Hey, Matt. Um, so, he, uh, uh, on my birthday, he, he wished me a happy birthday on Facebook oh, nice. or through Facebook Messenger. I was like, better. wow, thanks, Matt. Yeah, he's a good guy. He was, yeah. uh, he was in my wedding. Um, been to a lot of concerts together. He likes good music. He likes beer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, everything everything that we like. That checks off everything that's a, a prerequisite for this podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right. His question literally starts at the beginning. How okay. did you and Jesse meet? So oh, okay. Yeah. How he, did we he phrased the questions to me, so that's how I'm going to ask them. Um, okay, so gotcha. Yeah, do, yeah. Do you want to uh, let me read the whole question because he he there's a couple questions for each bullet. Um, the next okay. one is let's let's hear specifics and first impressions. What was the moment okay. each of you realized? Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> uh, man, I guess like I'll start. Yeah, was, go for it. I don't I don't really know if there was a moment like when we. When I was like, yeah, we're good friends now. <laughs> um, I think so. We met in college, uh, freshman year, right? Freshman year. Freshman year. And it, it wasn't at like the Geneva College, or, like freshman orientation. It was at the music major orientation. I remember yeah, that. The music major orientation. Yep. We were doing and, some dumb scavenger hunt. Yes. Oh, yeah. The scavenger hunt. Oh, my gosh. And I, I think we both like were hanging back because like we we're like, this is weird and dumb. Or like kind yep. of like strange, <laughs> like why are we yep. going around this this college campus like we're in elementary school or something like that? Yep. Um, and then we just like started talking about music. I remember you're like, "Hey, what bands do you like?" I was like, "Ah, oh, I like Switchfoot and I like U2 and the Beatles are pretty good." And then you were like, "I I like like what did too. And <laughs> I, I don't remember if I, at that time I was like, I have no idea who that is. Or like, I haven't listened to them oh at all. Gosh. I remember specifically talking about the Beatles. And yeah. then I remember we talked about our respective guitar amps. <laughs> oh, okay. I totally forgot about that. That's the, I the one I thing I still have the Fox. I think the one that I still have right now. Yeah. Um, so, I don't, yeah, a specific moment, though. I don't know. I think we just like we're in the same place and we're like, all right, we both like bands that are cool. And and then we just started hang out. hanging out and then the rest is yep. history. As they say, history. Yep. Good first question, Matt. That's a good first question. Um, another question starts at a different beginning, mm. if you will. It says, how did this podcast oh. come to be? Hmm. Also That's a also really a good, good question. question. I will tell you that if we had to credit one person, I'd say Kevin Smith. Um, yeah, yeah. He was definitely the, an inspiration, for sure. Um, yeah. But For anyone who doesn't know, he's a film director and podcaster himself. He did movies like Clerks. Um, Dogma. Dogma. The, the real big movie that he did was uh, Jersey Girl. 
um, Chasing was Amy. Chasing Amy big? Yeah. That, that was big too, but I think Jersey Girl was a, like a big uh, commercial success. Um, yeah, so it was, yeah. I think well, it, Cop it Out had was, uh, Bruce was, Willis in it, right? Uh, Cop Out did, yeah. Oh, no, that's the one that had Bruce yeah. Willis in it. Yeah. Um, but he also has a bunch of podcasts um, that are wildly popular. Um, and yeah. always on his podcast, he says, like, he recommends you, like, for his listeners, like, just record a podcast. Um, if nobody listens to it but you and your buddies, at least you've got something recorded that you can laugh about down the road or you've got history yeah. or just for fun. And you'll have fun doing it. Yeah, I mean, like, so we, and, and the thing. Oh, sorry. I keep going. Oh, yeah. So, so we ahead. like we were like, that'd be fun to do a podcast, but we never took it seriously. But I, I remember the exact moment we came up with this podcast. So do I. It was at. <laughs> In, in Murfreesboro at MTSU. Yeah, it was. Yeah. We, we, we were there. driving in that guy's car. David uh, uh, Amma something. He was going to record a, a song for us. Um, but so so a little bit of backstory on that, I guess. We we were playing like an open mic night at. Uh, oh crap. What's that place called? Um, it's the coffee shop one. Yeah. Cafe Coco. Cafe Coco. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then he like approached us after the show, and he was like, "Because we hey, killed it, to... like we we played so well, obviously." <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was like, "Hey, uh, we need to. I, I'm doing a project, and I need to record a song. And would you guys want to do it?" And we were like, eh, "Sure, why not? Like that sounds kind of fun." And then I remember we were in the back seat of his car, and he was either like dropping off the key at the sheriff's office, or he had to get the key from the sheriff's office. And then we were just talking about doing a podcast, and we were like. Why not just do it about beer and music? Yep. And the rest yep. is and history. And I think we came up with a name there, too. We were like, we were like, we, we should call it Brews and Tunes. And we did and we until, until we found tunes. out that there was a, a Brews and Tunes podcast in Canada. Yeah. Call it new Canadian oh. podcast. Call it it, eh? It was, um, a, boot, it was yeah. a boot time. We did it for ourselves. But yeah, uh, Kevin Smith was, was a really big inspiration, though, because... That really kind of hit with me whenever he says, even if like nobody listens, like just just do it. Why not? Yeah, like, uh, and that's yeah. the philosophy I take is like, because we can see if people listen or not. We get statistics, um, but at the end of yeah. the day, like at, whenever Jesse and I hit stop on the record, I was like, that was a lot of fun. Like, uh, I, I don't care yeah. if anyone listens. I just had fun. I, I, I chat with my had a good beer. Mom. Yeah, we, yeah. We had a, a good chat with one of my best friends and listen to new music. It. You know, it's it's yeah, fun. It's, it's just, just fun for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a win, even if we're not. This beer is so good. It's a really good Side beer. Note. <laughs> it's a really it's good really, beer. It's really update on the quaffability of this beer. I give it a ten on the quaffle scale. <laughs> ten on the quaffle scale, Harry. It's really quaffable. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, the next question says: Is there a standout episode in your mind we should go back and listen to? What? And then the part two is: What about a standout <laughs> brew we should try? And while you're thinking oh about this, gosh. Jesse, because you haven't heard these questions before, answer. I have. I have an answer, so I'll, I'll say mine, and if you can think of anything else while I'm answering, go ahead. Okay, gotcha. Um, clearly, the most natural answer is start at the beginning. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But if you, th- I don't know if we've ever said this, our first episode is technically our third. Because oh, yeah, I forgot. we recorded two <laughs> episodes before that got accidentally deleted by me. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> accidentally um, deleted, yeah. <laughs> one was the uh, 
it was our first like standard episode where you reviewed Newfound Glory, Sticks and Stones, and I reviewed Vampire Weekend's um, debut oh, album. Con- Contra? Oh, no, the right, their first one, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other episode was just on Frank Turner in general. Like it wasn't even like there was that was our very first one because yeah, we, didn't, we had no like, Let's just talk about order. Frank Turner. Um, and those got deleted, yeah. so we ended up doing our, which is our now first episode, which was about positive songs for negative people. Yeah. Um, wow. How long we've been doing this podcast for? Like four years or five years, right? It's it's been a minute, dude. It has been a minute. Wow. If I had to pick out, like, if you were, like, trying to find one, like, one episode in particular, I, I went back and I listened to a couple ones, um, but I'd say go with episode 22, which is Arcade Fire the Suburbs and Bad Religion is Stranger Than Fiction, because it's a super mm-hmm. goofy episode. Um, um, for those, was that during the time when uh, we were, first, I was, like, trying to make that character a thing? Um, the, uh, old Man Rust? <laughs> Old Man Rust, yeah. Whatever it is. That was, was that during there. that time? That was during that. We made our own oh fake advertisements. <laughs> and we also would go to a bar before we would sit down to record. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So they were, the episodes were slightly a little bit a little bit more inebriated than, than yes, they are now. We would go to the Flying Saucer and have like maybe two beers and some like dinner. And we would talk about like, yeah. I don't know, we'd talk about the episode and just like hang out. And then we'd come back and have another beer, which was probably a higher gravity beer and record the episode. <laughs> yeah. So they were, those episodes oh, were loosey goosey. Yeah, those episodes definitely were loosey goosey. That Yeah, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about Old, old Man Russ too. What a ridiculous character he was hilarious though <laughs> he was great he'll make an appearance again <laughs> i'm sure um uh, i have to remember the voice i don't even remember what voice i used for that it was just an old man <laughs> old man rushed that's it 100 uh, a, a poo a poo cast is a, that what you youngsters are doing <laughs> that's that's old man rust revisiting <laughs> So dumb. I was about so to say from though. the grave, but he we don't know that he died, so he's clearly <laughs> yeah. alive. He's he's been alive. He's been alive in spirit the entire yeah, time. Yeah, man. Um yeah, as, as far as a standout brew would go, my favorite beer I, that I can think of, I, I, and I might not be remembering all of them, but my favorite one, at least in recent memory, is the Goose Island Bourbon County Brand Stout Blanton's edition. Oh, yeah, that was a really good one. Oh, it was so good. It had that super fancy presentation, like it came in a box and then in a bag, and you had to, like, it, it was, it was like, super fancy. Um, yeah. As far as, like, the, the Goose Island Bourbon County Stouts, it was, like, ca- more caramely. It was a little sweeter, but it, it still had that bourbon presence. It was just super, super solid. Yeah. Um, but really good. Um, um, let's see, episodes that I think people should check out. Uh, go back and listen to some of the interview episodes. Those were really oh, yeah. fun to do. Like we've interviewed Black Abbey. We've interviewed Hollow Point. Um, we've got more to come. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. RIP to Hollow Point. As far as I know, they're not brewing currently. Uh, yeah, I've been having Too a hard bad. time trying to see any updates. And I, I hope they come back because they were great. I hope they do as well. They had some of the best German style beers in Nashville. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, as far as beers to try, I'm not really sure because it's uh, I can't remember a, a specific beer. Just pick out that, the first one that pops in your head right now. Uh, this Barik Taverner. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> give it a try if you can find it. <laughs> you did exactly uh, what I asked you to do, so that's yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, man. No, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember a specific beer that I was like, oh, my 
gosh, this is amazing. There's been a ton of them. I don't know which one. Is yeah, which. there have been. Um, but let's move on because we got right. plenty of quest, plenty, plenty of cues, and only a limited amount of tea. Ten. If you can see listener statistics, is there any that would surprise us or surprise you? For example, number of listeners, location that they listen from, random strangers that stumble upon it, etc. And before you hmm. answer, I have I guess that one would be more in for particular. You. Yeah, I, I see them. I know there's one that you definitely saw. Um, but before okay. I get to that one, I will say, like, I, I, I'm the one who, like, uploads them and sees the numbers. Anytime we do, yeah. like, a rapper episode or, like, a pop episode, like, we've done uh, Mac Miller, Tyler the Creator, Taylor Swift. Anytime that we do one of those episodes, they get more because um, just, like, the, the internet presence will will draw in the, the, the tags and the hit words. Um, yeah. So we do get yeah. a, a bigger listening on those ones. But the most listened to episode was episode number 61, where we, we reviewed Led Zeppelin's fourth album. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. Yep. yep, we had several hundreds of, like, like maybe like six or seven hundred listens. It was wild from, like, England and France. Yeah, and we, yeah, we had I this, was really surprised by that, too. Yeah, we, well, we had I guess some, not, though. I mean, we had a British beer, really too. It's a popular album. It's a very popular album. Yeah. Um, but like, well, even like some of our like Beatles, like we've done, um, oh crap, what are the, we did, uh, was it Rubber Soul? Yeah, we did Rubber Soul. We did so. um, Sgt. Peppers. No, and those album? ones did well, but not as well as Led Zeppelin's four, fourth album. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, huh. So that yeah. one thoroughly surprised me that we got like such a huge listenership overseas. Wild, dude. Super yeah, wild. Yeah, pretty cool. Next question, which is uh, just kind of a fun one. It says, what instruments do you know how to play? <laughs> oh. Guitar. Now, duh. <laughs> was there any? There's no specifier. So, like, I know how to play a lot of instruments. Uh, I can play the drum kit. You can. I'm and moderate. I, I can hold decently. I can, I can hold decently a beat. I can play fast well. punk. Yeah. Um, I passed my yeah. piano courses in college. <laughs> I know you did too. Yes. Yeah. I, so I technically am able to play the piano. Yeah. I passed uh, those guitar. classes thanks to Debbie Kokenhauer. What up? Debbie. Hey, Debbie, you listening? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Um, I can play, play the, guitar. the recorder. Oh. oh yeah. Impressive. I play guitar as well. I'll tell you what, um, I, I can, can play, play the, the saxophone. Oh, that's that's impressive. I cannot do oh, that. I, well, I haven't played a soprano saxophone, but I could probably pick it up pretty easily. But alto, barry, yeah. and tenor. I've played all those in, in uh, high school. That's thoroughly impressive, Jesse. Let me tell you what's equally as impressive. <laughs> okay. I can play the kazoo and the harmonica. Oh, wow. That is actually pretty impressive. The, the kazoo harmonica especially. is always in key, but the harmonica, I have to hum in key. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the kazoo? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the kazoo. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly I, what I, I meant. I can play the kazoo as well. Um, I can also play the triangle. Pretty oh, well. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can um, play the there vocal are quite cords. A few. Cowbell. Cowbell. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of uh, auxiliary percussion I can play. I can play the, uh, the thing where you just hear things in your head. Uh, but anyways, let's move on to another question. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, this is a question that we've already kind of um, elaborated in the podcast but since it's asked we'll answer again what was All the right. first album that you owned um i'll answer first because Ooh. Um, and i'm gonna go cds and vinyl because i think that might be more fun 
The first okay. CDs I, I I owned was uh, what a birthday gift for me. I got Creed's Human Clay and Aaron Carter's second album. I can't remember what it's called. Don't doesn't nice. matter. Um, but as yeah. as far as vinyl records go, I bought four at the same time when I was in high school because Record Rama, um, right behind Kelly O's and Wexford by by that bowling alley, um, they were going out of business and they had twenty five cent records. So I Ooh, bought nice. these four records. They were Deep Purple's Machine Head. Cheap Trick Live at Budokan, Kansas nice. Left Overture, and Boston, nice. Boston. Boston, Boston. Very nice. Um, yeah, so my first CD, I believe it was, well, it was, it was a, one of a couple. It was either Newsboys. I think the album was called, I want to say it was Take Me to Your Leader. The song with the breakfast, the, the breakfast song on it. Take me to um, your leader. Or, or it was an audio adrenaline album, which was like the Christian version of like '90s rock. Yeah, pretty much. And those were the ones I remember um, you talking about on the on our episode about first uh, CDs. Yeah, as far as first records go, though, I honestly don't remember the first record that I bought. I mean, unless you bought it, so, I remember I gave you the Swellers. Um, lighter on the closed doors when you moved here. Oh, so maybe that was my. First maybe that was your first then. vinyl record. I don't know. Unless you I had one before. Yeah, that. I don't think I. I don't think I brought any records to Nashville. So there you go, Swellers. That's a killer one to, be to do. I mean, that's a great. Yeah, it's a great album. Yeah. All right. Next question, which is, what is your first concert slash bands that you saw live? Um, mine. Mm. Mine was Jars of Clay. But it was a concert at my church that I grew up at, so I kind of don't count it, but I I have to count it. Uh, But if I count my actual, like, concert that I had to go to a venue, Green Day. Oh, Green Day. Nice. What up? I think think some of the first concerts that I went to was actually a festival. Sunshine? In Wilmer, Wilmer, Minnesota. Yeah, the Sunshine Festival. Um, S-O-N, Shine Festival. (laughs) Um, and, uh, the reason that we went there, those tickets were really expensive, but my uncle was an EMT and he lived in Wilmer. So he always, or he's, well, he's a doctor, but he always, he like was an EMT at those shows. So we got like discounted tickets to go there. That's pretty um, cool. But the band, I would always see Switchfoot there. Ah, such a that's good live would, band. That's who I would always see. Yeah. Nice. Um, I would never really... I don't know. I didn't really care about most of the other bands that were there. I pretty much just went to see Switchfoot. Fair enough, man. I mean, they're, they're, yep. they've got a great live show. Yeah, they really do. All right. Moving on to the next question, which is, give me a second. It's a long question. <clears throat> okay. Whether growing up in a religious household or with caring parents, was there any music you were not allowed to listen to or that you kept in secret for some time? And then in parentheses, um. example. One time, my parents overheard Eminem in my room, and they did not like that. <laughs> Took it away, and I remember secretly listening to Last Resort by Papa Roach on a burn CD due to its lyrical <laughs> content. <laughs> uh, good question, Matt Reynolds. That is a good question, yeah. All right, I'll tell um, you. I'll t- for, for me personally, yeah, go you, for it. You, you can think about this while I answer, Jesse. Yeah. Um, for me, it was anything that had a parental advisory sticker. Thank you, Tipper Gore. Mm-hmm. Um 
<laughs> yeah, who implemented that? Tipper, it, was, it was Tipper Gore. She was the one who... Uh, Tipper Gore. Yeah, Al Gore's wife, I believe, right? Boo. Boo. Um, anyway. But there was definitely some Blink-182 stuff that wasn't um, parents-friendly, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I remember this. I bought Adam of the State, um, I think it was in sixth grade, and I brought it. Like I was with my parents when I when I bought it because clearly I couldn't drive myself to Best Buy. Um, <laughs> and I came back and and the album that cover is that um, that nurse like that nurse with yep. showing with some cleavage. Showing cleavage, yeah, yeah. And my dad's like, "What is this album? What, what are you listening to?" So he <laughs> took the CD and he, he took the the CD booklet and read everything. Yeah. And he took a sharpie and he wrote on the back. He said, "Don't listen to these songs." And he gave it back to me. Oh, really? Yes. So he didn't like throw it away or wow. like say, don't listen to the whole album. He's like, he's like, don't listen to these songs. And so I, I actually, like I was a, I was a good little boy. So I, li- I listened for a long while yeah. and I, I didn't listen to those songs. But then eventually yeah. I, was like, I was like, eh, I'm, I, I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of cool uh, that he gave it back as like, trust yeah, me. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah. Just Instead like, hey, just, like, just, br- uh, just don't listen to these. Because you hear the stories of like parents like breaking the CDs or like throwing them away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. What about you? Um, so as far as far as I go, I remember my brother uh, kind of getting the brunt of that. So like he would like like Matt said he would he was listening to like Eminem. Uh, my parents yeah. didn't like that, so I was like I was also the good little boy, and I was like I'll just stick with Newsboys and Switchfoot. <laughs> and honestly, like honestly, like Switchfoot was like enough of a I guess enough of a good band for me that I didn't really care to try to push the envelope too much because <laughs> they don't fall in with the rest of the CCM. Yeah. Blue. Yeah. They don't, they do not. But yeah, I like that question though, because, uh, yeah, I was limited in a way, but it was okay. Yeah. It was good. Um, next question. What artists yep. have you seen the most live? Mm. Um, this is tough for me because there's a handful of bands that I've seen like so many times, but I'm gonna just go out on a limb and guess that for me it's Newfound Glory. Okay. And I've probably seen them at least a dozen times, if not more, at this point in time. Oh, wow, okay. That uh, is be- quite a bit. Because they play, oh, they uh, they tour con- like constantly. Um, yeah. They play Nashville like twice a year. Um, just thoroughly there, through mm-hmm. and through. Uh, but if mm-hmm. it wasn't for them, like for me, it would be Blink 182 or like Bayside or. Less than Jake, one of those bands, but I think I've seen Newfound Glory more than the rest of them. Okay, yeah, I think for me it's Switchfoot for sure Where because I saw because they played Sunshine pretty much every summer, and we would go pretty much every summer. Yep. And then during college, we probably saw them multiple times. Yep. And I've seen them. I've probably seen them at least like fifteen times. They're coming back more. to Nashville. Remind me to tell you this after the pod. I'll, I'll let you know when and tickets okay, and stuff like that okay. too. Um, but yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've seen them the most, and then probably I mean like we I've seen the Swellers a decent few times. I wish it was more. Maybe than like three. I three wish it was way more than three. <laughs> I know. I wish they were still. Wish they were still going around playing. But other than that, like it was always just like uh, a band would come into Nashville or a band would come into Minnesota that I wanted to see. Yeah. And I didn't like make an effort to go see them more often. I guess, oh no, Frank Turner, obviously. Actually, you probably like, seen we've Frank probably seen him others. at least like six or seven times, probably. Yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Next question is a, another good one. What artist do you think that you saw in their prime, or like at their best, like example, like seeing oh. like Taking Back Sunday in 2006 or seeing Blink-22 in 2003? Um, <clears throat> for me, it was seeing Green Day in 2004 because um, they were on their American Idiot tour. Uh, it had oh, literally just come out. Sweet. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Um, and My Chemical Romance opened and it was right before um their album three cheers came out and like they were it was right before they blew up so like seeing two bands like right in there like the prime is really cool what about you yeah if, if you had to think i think it was i think it was probably uh when we saw switchfoot in like 2011 right when vice versus came out or i think no and, and when we saw them in uh at the Chez arena that that roller skating rink it was yeah. the hello hurricane tour Oh, that was the Hello Hurricane tour. Yeah, that was. Their, oh, okay, yeah, that was definitely I think their around prime. then. Yeah, oh, that definitely was so around good. like Hello Hurricane and like then after whenever Vice Versus came out, uh, I think yeah. that was kind of like their prime. I still really like their newer stuff, Agreed. but it's definitely a little bit a little bit more tame. Yeah, a little bit less heavy rock and roll. If I'm being honest, though, Blink One Eighty Two is always in their prime. So always you know. in their prime. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. What is your most memorable show and why? <laughs> and then he, he gives this as a qualifier. Mm. He says, if Blink-182 is the answer, <laughs> let's hear some variety and stuff. <laughs> because mine would definitely be yeah. Blink-182. But um, <laughs> the, the first one that's not Blink-182 that sticks in my mind would be Dropkick Murphys. Uh, when I saw oh, them okay. in Boston on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that um, I think it was 2000, 2009, right after at the meanest, uh, the meanest. I, I think it was the meanest of times that that uh, the album with uh, State of Massachusetts. Um, but if I had to pick a couple other ones, um, that like I saw some super super great legacy shows. Like I saw Paul McCartney play in, in Kentucky. I saw oh, Paul, yeah, that Paul Simon really play cool. in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was so good. Yeah. For you, like, what's what's your most memorable show? If you had to pick, so something? there is there is one show that is definitely the most memorable memorable show that I've been to, um, and it's a U two show. It was uh, on their three sixty tour. Nice, and it was like right before I graduated high school, and I went with uh, my friend Austin, and then our youth pastor, who was like a really big fan of U two. Um, and it was, yeah, so it was their 360 tour and we were right, uh, on that tour, they had a center like circle stage and then they had like these bridges going out to this, uh, on the next circle that was also a stage that went all around that. Like a bullseye, we were, right? Yeah. Like the, and we the bullseye were like, the we were, stage. there's crowd in yeah. between and then there's another circle with outside of the crowd. With that, that they could walk on. Yeah. And, yeah. and we were in that that first ring of people. That's awesome. Um, and part of the way it was in uh, TFC banks, not, Oh wait, it was in the gopher stadium, the, the university of Minnesota team. Mm-hmm. And it was out. So it was outside and halfway through the show, it started raining, like pouring rain. And they still, they played through it. Nice. And it was just like, it was just like a really, really cool experience. Like it was almost like a spiritual experience in a way. It was like everybody there was like having a great time listening to a band we like and just in the rain out. together. It was raining, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's definitely the best show that I've been to. Nice man. Uh, the most expensive show I've been to as well. <laughs> oh, I believe it. Getting that close <laughs> yeah. to you too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, next question. It says, "Do you have an album that is solely connected to a very significant time in your life? For example." 
and this is mm. Matt's example, not mine. I listened to yeah. Brand News, The Devil and God Are Raging Inside of Me, while spending a week in the hospital in 2006. All I had was a oh, CD damn. player, and that CD was so significant. And b- before I answer, Matt, what were you doing in the hospital in 2006? I'm trying to think. I remember in around that time we were on the soccer team, and you broke your orbital bone like uh, on a headbutt. Is that it? I don't know. Text me, because I'm, I'm curious why we were in the hospital for a week. <laughs> All right. Now, here's uh, my answer. One? I, I, got, uh, I, I actually have three. <laughs> so for me, I had a, a, a very bad breakup in, uh, when was that? Um, 2011? Um, yes. And so during that time, I discovered the swellers and the ups and downsizings mm-hmm. was a big one for me. But I also had discovered Frenzel Rom. And so Smoko oh. and the Pet Food Factory was also like a brand new album. So like if you ever have, have like been through a big breakup, um, you typically share music with your significant other, right? Yeah. And for me, I finally found these two bands, the Swellers and Frenzel Rom. That was just my bands, you know? And so I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. love this. I'm, I'm moving on. I got my own things. And these are it. Um, mm. And so that I, I thoroughly connected to those albums, and they were my albums, and that, that's just kind of like how I connected those. Yeah, um, those are those are good albums. Super good to. albums. Um, but one more album would be Positive Songs for Negative People, mm. um, because I had heard it, it was Frank Turner was releasing some singles here and there, and I think it was. Um, What's the song where he says, I'll shelter you from the storm, the, the, uh, my um, umbrella, and I'll shade you from the rain. Doodly little doo. I know what song you're talking about. I can't remember the specific name but, right now. But whatever that song is, he played that on top of a building in St. Saint Petersburg, Florida, which is like the oldest country, uh, the oldest city in the, the country. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a super cool city. Yeah. I don't really know Frank Turner super well. I know him from, um, the last album it was really good. Um, I'll right. buy this album. So I bought that CD, and and Beck and I had listened to that CD, and we were driving up to Kentucky for a concert, right? Yes. I don't remember specifically what the show was, but I had that on, and we were driving. It was fall time, so the leaves were changing, and we were listening to that song, and it just like is a, like a real nice memory for me, in particular. Mm. So yeah, positive songs yeah, for like people that. is like a like a big album for the the two of us. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what about you? Um, oh, for you, for you and Becca, you mean? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go with uh, for me. I'm gonna go with the beautiful letdown by Switchfoot. Oh, nice. Uh, I so I first heard Switchfoot when I went to a camp, a Christian camp, in uh, gosh, I think it was called Big Sandy. And I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade, or maybe it was like sixth grade, could have been, because that album came out in 2001. Um, But I heard the song, yeah, I heard the song Meant to Live, and I was like, in my little kid mind, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. (laughs) And this was, and this was like, this was before, it was before Shazam and like being able to like, you know, look up music at an instant. So I was like, I got to figure out like who this is and where I can get this song. Cause like, it was completely different than like anything else I'd heard 
in my young days as a as a like going to church and and what uh-huh. so that was like the moment where i was like oh music's pretty awesome yep <laughs> this is pretty cool that's yeah i was one. like dang music can sound like this and they're playing it at this christian camp this is sweet that's a big change so yeah so that was that's probably one of the most memorable yeah. albums nice. for me because it nice. kind of ignited that ignited that musical interest in me yep yep um next question and the next two questions kind of go together so we'll go through these two quickly um all right it's what artist do you currently enjoy that you believe is currently in their prime whether it's youth on their side or they're writing their best music or their live performance is like fantastic right now and might decline all right so i'll say turnstile Oh yeah, that's that's actually a really really good point. Um, hands they down, are, Glow they On killing is, it. Yeah, they're killing it. Glow On is their best album to date. Yeah. Um, I hope that they continue to be just as great, but I like this is their their prime for sure. Yeah, I would say that. I would also maybe, although not as much as uh, Turnstile, I would say Pup as well. I'm not sure if they're in their prime, like if they've hit their prime. But they're not. But they just, they're not they, in decline at all. Yeah, they're not declining anytime. They're soon, consistent. Though. Yeah, that's a good. And it one. seems like they. It seems like they continuously like put out good. Like this last album they put out was really really good. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they're selling out shows and they're playing all over the place and. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. So I don't know if they're they're definitely not in their prime yet, but yeah, they're not in a decline at all. Yeah. Um, and the next question is, who are your most recently discovered artists that you're diving into? Um, so hmm. I've got a couple. Um, my first one that I, I'd, I'd go into is Angel Dust. And I right. saw them open for Pup, believe it or not. Uh, but they've got members of Turnstile and Trapped Under Ice, which are like intense hardcore bands, but they're not a hardcore band themselves. Um, and the mm. album I've been listening to is called Pretty Buff. It's a really good album. Um, the other two bands that I, I'm really kind of doing deep dives into is Oso Oso. I got really into their album called Basking in the Glow. Um, like an alternate, hard to describe, but I'd say check them out. I saw them uh, do a co-headlining show with Menzingers. Really good. Okay. And the other one is I'm doing a deep dive into Gob's back catalog. I don't know if you ever heard of Gob, hmm. but they're like a pop punk band from Canada. They came up with Blink-182, like that time period. And they never really blew up in the U.S. Hmm. Um, okay, yeah, I've, uh, honestly, like, it's almost kind of different for me. So, like, there have been bands that I've been into in the past, but hadn't really paid attention to what they've been doing. Uh-huh. And, like, albums that they've released recently have been really good. So, I mean, I've only just now listened to Jack White's new album. I mean, well, like, I haven't really... It's fresh. Like, it's, it's a fresh album, though. It is fresh. Uh, but I hadn't, like, like, his previous records that he put out, I hadn't really delved into at all. I think the last time I delved into Jack White was whenever the documentary and Mike It Loud came out mm-hmm. with uh, Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White. Who says and, you need a guitar to rock? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think like that, I've been like really, really into that album. Like, nice. I've only listened to it like two or three times, but it's cool. It's like an instant, an instant hit for me personally. It's a really cool album. Yeah, and then yeah, I don't really know. I mean, that's like there haven't there haven't been like any like bands that I've been listening to recently that are 
that I'm just like super, super into and like are completely new to me. Well, we'll change that, I'm sure, at some point when I recommend yes. Angel Dust for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, next question. He says, let's hear a guilty pleasure. Like what song is a, a low key vibe that you don't advertise to anyone? Um, and mine, okay. got mine, mine is a song Tap In by Saweetie. <laughs> So weedy. I so don't weedy. know who that is. Um, she's like a like a female rapper. I don't know what you call okay. her, but I heard it on SNL and I couldn't get that song out of my head, so I I downloaded it on iTunes. I thought it was so good, <laughs> and I okay. listened to it from time to time. Super catchy. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I would recommend is uh, I've been listening to, or I guess not like super recently, but John Mark McMillan. Um, oh, nice. If you know, if you're in the Christian music world or you've probably heard some of his songs but his album peopled uh crap what's it called i think it's called peopled with dreams is what he released in like 2020 is kind of it's kind of a low-key banger um if you can get past some of the christian motifs if you're not you know into that type of uh into that type of lyrics or whatever but i, I think he uh does a pretty good job of like that's doable he can get past that of, I think. of like of uh, using metaphor to kind of hide the overt mm-hmm. uh, Christian stuff, yeah. And I think I, yeah, I think I really like what he's been doing recently. Nice. I wouldn't really call it a guilty pleasure, but it is something that I don't advertise, though. Send me the name of, of uh, that album off Pod so I can check it out too. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, next question: Who is your Mount Rushmore of bands? So. I'm assuming that's oh, four, four right? Four? Okay, yeah. Here's mine. Hmm. Clearly, it's Blink-182. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the Swellers. The okay. Beatles. I mean, you, you can't argue with the Beatles. Yeah. And my, my fourth band is the Weaker Thans. Oh, nice. Because I've been, I've, just, I, I've been recently delving into their albums again, and I just, I can't deny how good it is it's just like it's fantastic musically lyrically artistically awesome so good but we can yeah. oh yeah no they're they are they're so so good yeah. they're so, so good what are your four? Uh, i'm assuming switchfoot is going to be one yeah switchfoot is definitely going to be one and then i gotta put bob dylan in there nice i mean and nice nice yeah yeah it's a good um, choice <laughs> and then I think, honestly, uh, I was going to say Frank Turner, but I don't know if that's... That's a good choice. I think I think so. Like, he was, like, we, we really got into him in, when I moved to Nashville. If, and, if Frank Turner was more, uh, or if Mount Rushmore was more than four, I think he'd probably be up there for me, so... Okay, and then I'm going to do a wild card here, and I'm going to say uh, Philip Glass, who is a composer. Blech. Uh, <laughs> Gross. because like he, 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 like his, uh, his pieces, music in similar motion and contrary motion. Um, I really enjoyed those in, yeah. in college whenever I was studying, we were studying music theory and whatnot. Acceptable, I guess, but gross for me. Or you could also say, I could also say like Johann Sebastian Bach because I studied how to like fugues and whatnot. And yeah, I really enjoyed that time. So I would, I would put any one of those uh, classical composers in there as well. Fair enough. 
right, for the next question, it's kind of similar, but it's more for individuals. So here's the, the question. Okay. What about individuals? Let's say these four members are in their prime and will be forming a musical project or band together. For example, <laughs> Travis Barker, Frank Turner, Mike Shinoda, and Haley Williams. And he ends a question saying, L-O-L-O-L-O-L. <laughs> oh, right, my so gosh. That's a really tough one. You think about it. Here's my answer. Okay. Adam Willard on drums. And he drummed for uh, Rocket from the Crypt, Angels and Airwaves. Um, most recently, I saw him doing it for um, the Bronx. But he's also currently in Against Me. Okay. Um, for the bass, I would go with Brian from a Wilhelm scream because he is the most technically proficient bass player I have ever seen or heard. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, on guitar and vocals, I would go with Anima the uh, yep, Anima of the State era Tom DeLong. Okay. <laughs> and for rhythm guitar and and apologies, backup vocals, Dave Grohl. Okay. Dave Grohl, okay. <laughs> Dave Grohl with the BGVs. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, funny. Uh, yeah, I man, I honestly don't even know how to answer this question. Just go first ones that pop in your head. Give you a drummer, bass player, and then two guitar players and one's vocals. Do they have to be alive? No, not at all. Okay. I would say I would like Jack White on guitar. Nice. Fantastic. Wait, wait is Ringo alive? He's alive. He's very alive. <laughs> Ringo. Ringo Starr on drums. Good choice. Wait, yeah. <laughs> He's super alive, dude. Um, <laughs> Unless something just happened in the past hour that I don't know. Gosh. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Um, oh, my gosh. I really don't know. Oh, gosh. I think it'd be kind of interesting if The Edge played with them. Yep. Be a cool, be a cool mix. You got to get a vocalist. And then I see a vocalist, um, Robert Plant. Okay. All right. That's that's a a fun choice. Yeah. Good choice. Now, you didn't pick anyone dead, but the next question is all about (laughs) dead people. Okay. It says, of all retired or deceased artists, who would you most want to see? And I have a Mm. handful. Um. My first is the Beatles because I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, I, that that'll be one of my answers too. That would have been it would be really cool to see them hands down. Um, my next is Tony Sly. Yeah, I I never got to see him either. Me neither. I, I there's no way that we would have been able to. No, I mean, I guess maybe we would have maybe, been able but to if we knew about him before um, he died. But the next is Frightened Rabbit. Oh, gosh, yeah. I totally yeah. forgot about them. Yeah, I would have loved to see them as well. Same. And my last is Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. I would have loved to mm. see him perform live. Um, but I'll tell you who I would not want to see who's deceased. Okay. Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen? I don't even know who that is. All right. Um, for you listeners, do some homework and look up his live shows. Don't say I didn't warn you. Are they bad? <laughs> oh, they're so bad, dude. Oh my gosh! Um, I'll tell you about them later. Okay. <laughs> but what about you? Like, if you had to pick, uh, so I agree with all the, those three that you said for sure. Yep. Um, honestly, I would like to see Beethoven conduct a one of his symphonies. Oh snap! I didn't I think, think about classical. Be, yeah, I think that would be pretty amazing. 
After he's fully deaf. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, not he's not dead, but I would still like to see him play. He might not be touring anymore. Uh, Bob Dylan. I would like to see him play in his prime. Oh, that would be so that good. That would have been really cool. Like at a little bar in Greenwich Village, like when he's just like playing like a a song he wrote the yeah. week before. Oh, that would be so yep. great to see. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Um, oh gosh, I don't even really know anything. Let's just go with those 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 uh, ones that you said, and then those two extra Fair ones enough. that I also. Gave um, I think this next question only applies to me, Jesse. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it no says, problem. Any fond memories of? The Warp Tour? <laughs> yeah, I never went to the Warp Tour, so take it away. <laughs> All right, my first mosh pit was at the Warp Tour to Newfound Glory. I, th- I think it was in seventh grade. Uh, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, I met Tom DeLong at the Warp Tour, which I will never be able to top that. Hmm. And since Matt Reynolds sent us all these cre- questions, I'll give you one great Matt Reynolds remembrance from the Warp Tour. Okay. <clears throat> So I don't remember the year, um, maybe senior year of, of high school, um, but we were going to the Warp Tour. I was with my buddy Jake, and we were meeting Matt and a bunch of other people at the Warp Tour, and we were at uh, Real Big Fish, getting our our ska dance on, enjoying the music. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know how it goes, Jesse. <laughs> yep. Um, What's that dance called? The the skanking. The skanking. Yep. Skanking. Yeah. <laughs> and we're waiting for Matt Reynolds to show up, and. Like his cousin shows up, a couple other people show up, but he didn't show up until after the set. And we see Matt, and we're like, Where were you? And he's like, He looks at us and he holds his, his stomach. He says, Baconator. <laughs> <laughs> so just they, says, Baconator. They clearly stopped at Wendy's beforehand and he had a Baconator <laughs> and it, it took him out of a commission for the show. It was hilarious. It did not, it did not suit him well. No. <laughs> no. That's um, too bad. All right. <laughs> but next question That's that funny. maybe you'll be able to. To weigh in and it says ever been hit hard at a show on purpose <laughs> or an accident example uh, our my friend mac uh mike bolster got socked in a by a fist in the mouth in a mosh pit but one of the fist dancers at warp tour have you ever fallen or been dropped yada 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 yes i have been um, a couple so times you think about it here's my answer i've never okay. been dropped crowd surfing and i have crowd surfed several times it's it's a weird experience i don't actually like it um, I've fallen. Being dropped, you mean? No, no not dropped. Yeah. Not dropped. Crowd Just surfing. Crowd surfing in general. Okay, yeah. That's pretty I've, fun. I've fallen several times in mosh pits, and as of you, I know. Yes. <laughs> but we're always picked up, right? Yeah, always picked up. Yeah, of course. But the one time I actually got rocked was at a Newfound Glory concert. <laughs> there was a fist dancer at Newfound Glory, and I got like slammed in the back of the head, and I 100% oh. got concussed. Oh my gosh, terrible. Yes. To Newfound Glory. Who fist dances there? <laughs> Apparently that guy does. <laughs> what about you? Have you ever gotten hit in that like hard or anything? Uh yeah. So there's there was one time I was at a show in, in uh I think it was in Minneapolis at and I think it was August Burns Red. Oh okay. yep, yep. Yeah. And I got like knocked in the back or something like that and lost my glasses. Oh no. No. And so I didn't like, they didn't, luckily they only got stepped on a little bit and they were a pretty pliable like metal frame. So they didn't break. 
But I remember just being like, oh, my God, no way. My glasses, oh, I'm no. not going to be able to see. And I like <laughs> and I think I drove to that show. So it was like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to drive home. This is going to be terrible. Um, and then the other time was at the Yugen show, which is oh, uh, yes. our friend, our friend, our Pops. Pops, David. He plays bass in like a prog metal band. And their lead singer, like it was, a, there, were, there were maybe like five people, excluding us, uh, me, you, Rachel, and Bobbert. Yep, our friend Bobbert in the uh, in the crowd. And the lead singer was just like, "I'm gonna," and I, I like had my hands like crossed. I wasn't like, I wasn't prepared for anything. And the lead singer was like, "I'm gonna stage stage dive this guy." And he dove off the stage and ran right into me and knocked me on my back. He launched himself <laughs> like a missile right into yeah. you. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I like black. I like blacked out for a little bit. I was like, dude, Whoa, you got jeez, you got rocked. Yeah, it was insane. I <laughs> I felt bad, but I laughed so hard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was Even I, I was like, what the hell happened? I have no idea how I got on the ground. Uh, it was, it was so funny. funny. It was yeah. funny. All right. Um, oh, next question, yeah, which funny. is a good one, I think. Okay. It says, ever seen something goofy at a show? Example, I once saw Taking Back Sunday stop a show to kick a guy out that was hitting a girl. Oh. Uh, now, I've seen that before several times where, like, someone's punching someone in the pit or, like, someone hits a girl and the, the stage, like, the, the band stops the show and they kick someone yeah. out. But I have a better example. Okay. So, me and Becca went to go see Against Me. I mean, earlier yes. in the day, I had um, tweeted them. I said, please play Rebecca. That's my girlfriend's name. And that was like yeah. uh, a song on their, their most recent album, um, which I knew that they were kind of like playing like half the shows on that tour. Um, so, I was like, maybe it'll work. Um, and then yeah. at that show, we were standing in the crowd and they said, this song was a request and they started playing it. I was like, mm -hmm. yes. Um, and this show was at, uh, the cannery ballroom. So Jesse, you'll know the, the like setup for that weird yeah, yeah, I do, shape I do, thing. Yeah. But what was weird was security. They were going on the barricades right in the middle of the stage. And he was like kind of stepping up on the, like the step ladder on the <laughs> barricade. So he was like, maybe like, four feet higher than the, the audience. Yeah. And he was crossing his arms and looking out for crowd surfers or for mosh pit. Like, like it was so oh weird. Like he was like, like patrolling. Um, and he did this several times, but during the song that I requested, he was up there again. And Laura Jane Grace stopped the show. Like just like a, threw yeah. the guitar down and said, like grabbed the microphone and ran up to the security and said, Hey, you gotta stop. You're sucking the energy out of the room. Like you, oh you gotta gosh. stop this. Yeah, seriously though. But like it was so cool because Adam Willard, who is was the uh, Mount Rushmore um, drummer for me, yeah, um, ran from the back of the drums, and I think he was there like in case anything got physical between uh, Lord Jane Grace and the security. Yeah, and it was just like it was it was insane because like we're like, oh crap, is a fight gonna happen? Like what's going on? Like we didn't know. Um, but he said, you got to stop. You're sucking the energy out the room. And after that, security was done. Like they were, they didn't jump up anymore. It was nice. It worked, but it was, it was wild. I've never seen that before. It was super, super crazy. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything like really 
weird that happened at a show yeah. like that. Well, I mean, that's a good thing because you don't want weird yeah. things to happen. You, you want a show to happen good, right? Yeah, you want it to go over smoothly for sure. Yes, absolutely. All right, next question. About to get personal up in the hizzy. All right. Let's talk Tree Shelf. Hmm. What's the current timeline for the album release? Any lyrical elements that you're proud of or happen to be coming together as a cohesive album as a whole? What's the hardest part of recording? Hmm. And the last, the last section says, oh my, does the album slap? <laughs> so let me, let me answer real quick. Let me answer real quick. The album does slap, of course. September 16th, we're releasing the album. Yes. And we have a uh, album release show in Nashville. If you're in town, please come. Yes. Uh, we're going to be at the... Uh, the Cobra, right? The Cobra, yes. Yeah. But the next single is releasing August 19th, which will be a couple weeks from now. And I think the general lyrical theme like if i had to like boil it down to one thing is don't be apathetic and don't be complacent like take charge of your life like make things happen and like you're, you're talking about the general whole album as a whole right yes yes, yes. yeah i would agree. take yeah take like seize the day like take opportunity and don't wait for things to to fall apart yeah I think that, that's like, kind of yeah yeah just like fight against apathy is like the best I, the best absolutely way to it, which is like absolutely. obviously a really difficult thing to do but or you know so yeah, yeah i would and, say i would say that that i agree yeah. with that for his one question where he says uh what's the hardest part of recording for us like unfortunately it was staying COVID. on track oh and COVID, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> staying on track yes but covid because we started recording at uh like like I think it was like October, November 2019 we started, right? 2019, yeah. 2019. Uh, we made some pretty good progress. We're like, okay, let's regroup in a couple weeks and then COVID. Yeah, I think it was like after the, uh, yeah, after the, uh, after like the holidays pretty much. We're yep. like, yeah, let's, let's, let's try to meet back up after that. And then all the news about COVID started happening and we were like, oh crap, like looks like there's going to be a, a, a thing. And obviously it turned out to be a thing. It was a big thing. So, yeah, kind of kind of put it on hold for a little bit, which was kind of like the most, it was definitely the most difficult part. But, but I'm, I'm excited for it to come out, though. I'm excited. Uh, it's been, been a long time coming. And Matt Reynolds, I just want to let you know, if you're listening to this point, an hour and, and however a minute, like, uh, what? Hour and 15, 15 minutes in. Yep. There is a song where we mention you, <laughs> we say your names. <laughs> <laughs> on uh face this life oh yep 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 so get ready get ready for that you're in the album man um other than that uh we're gonna go ahead and say here is a 15 second clip of a song corner t that will be released in two weeks enjoy There you go.
What a great, what a great 15 seconds. Yeah, that was Corner Tea by Tree Shelf. <laughs> great song. Super great song. Anyways. <clears throat> How many questions do we have left here? We've got two questions left. All right. Uh, no, we've got one question left. I'm sorry. Oh, one question left. Okay. Gotcha. Is it a two-parter? Nope. It's a one-parter. Oh, just a one-parter. All right. Sweet. One question left. So Amazing. here's what Matt says. He says, any upcoming tours that you're excited to see? Ooh, interesting. Um, the Shins are coming to the Ryman, right? Ooh, that And they're playing Inverted World. Is that the first album? Oh, Inverted World? Yes, um, I think it was like their breakout album. It had the, but yeah, it that, has that, the song. Oh gosh, what's new slang, called? new slang. Yep, they're playing that album front to back, but then they do like a handful of songs afterwards. That'd be really cool, actually. I'd, I'd like to see that. Um, but yeah. tickets are a little pricey, and I haven't looked into it more than that. Hmm. Um, Lagwagon is coming to Nashville. Did you know that? Uh, I knew they were before COVID. They're coming now after COVID. Perfect. But that sounds that sounds good. My sister decided to get married around the same time. Uh, I so, guess that I guess that's an okay reason to miss a show. That's okay, but you gotta go, Jesse. You gotta experience it <laughs> yeah, for the two yeah, of us. Yeah, I probably should. Yeah. Um I other than I that. Think- the other one I was looking forward to was Frank Turner, but he already came through Nashville. He did. So. He did. Um, the biggest thing that I wish would come through is Ridge Against the Machine and Run the Jewels because they're mm. currently doing like a, a, a co-headlining tour. They've been going cross country, and I, they haven't come here. Like I, I feel like Nashville's a pretty good like, uh, like market, right? Place. Yeah. Um, so Seems maybe like it would be anyway. Maybe they'll come. I don't know. But I'd, I'd love nice. to see both of them. I don't know. Well, there you go. There you that go. That was the question and answer. There you go. That was uh, thank you to Matt Reynolds in particular because he gave us lots and lots of questions. Yeah. It was a lot to talk about. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Um, any thoughts on this beer? Um, let me take another step. There's a lot of sediment at the bottom of my glass. Um, me too, actually. It's actually actually really surprising for a lager, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I accidentally drank the rest of mine. <laughs> it was, <laughs> that's, uh, that's that was too good. It was, uh, I really liked that beer. It was fantastic. Easy drinking. Um, floral enough and like earthy enough and weedy enough or grainy enough i liked it a lot um i'm gonna try some more of their stuff absolutely anytime i see them going forward yep um any uh thoughts going forward i I know for the next episode we're gonna try to go back to our regular uh schedule schedule programming absolutely um i think we're we're is that the mass intruder and the beths episode well, that's going to be two separate episodes, I believe. Oh, okay. Two separate ones. And gotcha. we're either going to do a uh, a one-off for Turnstile or mm. Diamond Youth. Let's do... Um, do you want to do t- uh, the first Diamond Youth one? What is it called? Like, uh, 
Is it the, uh, whichever one it is. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do, it'll be a nice short episode. Yeah. It's like five songs, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's do that. Right. Yeah, we can do that next. I think that'll be a great idea. Absolutely. Uh, if you stuck to this point in the episode, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening. Any thoughts on the beer, Jesse? Uh, well, it's gone for me right now, but I really liked it, though. I thought it was I thought it was a pretty fantastic beer. Agreed. It was easy drinking. Um, a little hoppy, but not enough to like say like I don't like IPAs. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like it wasn't overbearing at all. It was a really well balanced beer. Absolutely. Uh, which which uh, if you forgot, it was from uh, Barrique, which is a brewery in Nashville. And if you're in Nashville, make sure to for sure check them out. They brew fantastic beers. Yep. Absolutely. Um, other than that, uh, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Wahoo! Yahoo! Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-dow!